Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey guys, hey guys. It started again on me. It's having issues. I don't know what his trip is. Good grief. Anyway, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show. What is this? What is going on here? Okay, let me get this off the screen. I don't know why it's been doing this. Okay. I don't know why it's been doing that. It's been the last couple of times. I think it's possessed. Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. Um, we're 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need or you think you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. Let me test my audio here. There we go. I'm just making sure my audio is working. I'm hard of hearing, so even with the headphones on. Um, we can get to you. It may take us a, a day or two because California, believe it or not, is a huge state. A lot of wide open spaces. But we do have psychics on staff who can call you. And you can do a consultation with them. And in, some case, in the majority of the cases, they can calm down the activity, you know, wherever you may be until we can get out there. That's what helps. And sometimes we can even do it remote, you know, help you remotely over the phone. Just depends on the circumstances. Anyway, I want to welcome you all. If you're watching from Facebook today, please be sure uh, to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. And also what I want to see is uh, show me some love. Show, show me some thumbs up. Show me some smiley. Show me some hearts. Because what that does is there's a there's a certain algorithm that Facebook and YouTube have, and that goes for YouTube as well. And the the, the more of this you do, the more happy faces the and all that stuff you do, the higher it puts us in the algorithm. So that means not only do you guys get to hear and see us, other people who may not be aware of the show get to see us come up in their feed. So that helps. That helps a lot. It does it helps a lot. Um. Also, if you're watching from Facebook and you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow. We're always looking for followers. Uh, you can do that on either my main page or you can do that over at the California Haunts Ghostly Events page. You can follow us. Same thing with YouTube. If you're watching from YouTube and you haven't subscribed already, be sure to subscribe. And you know what? While, while we're doing the show, if, if you like what you hear tonight and there's other people in your house, you know, maybe, maybe your father's sitting on a couch what, watching a baseball game or something, eating a sandwich. Say, hey, come here. There's this little show I want to share with you. And who knows? They might come in. They might like it, right? So uh, please do that. You know, like I always say at the end, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're looking for, you know, we're looking for people to watch this. Uh, if, if you have, like I said, if you haven't done so already on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. We have over 631 videos over there, and they're all different topics. I do not cover just paranormal stuff like tomorrow night we're going to be uh do, doing our monthly thing on the on the on yeah my mouth doesn't want to move on the opioid crisis you know so there's different things and i know next week we're going to be doing something on eddie gein 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 so we're going to be doing something on him so i mean i'd like to vary it up i'm a journalist photojournalist and i cover just about every beat there is and i like to vary it up just like what i'm about to say right i was a sports editor for three years and uh I'm bummed. You know, the Oakland A's, uh, everything got approved. It looks like it's going to go to final, it's going to final approval tonight with the Senate in Las Vegas. And they're gone. They're gone. And I've been an A's fan since I was about five years old. So it's really a bummer for me to see them go. You know, I used to make it a point to go to opening day at the Coliseum every year. 
And I remember one year when they were in the playoffs against the Red Sox and, and I had just recovered from triple pneumonia and I dragged myself out there the day after I, I felt better. <laughs> I dragged myself out to the Coliseum to watch it. So I'm really bummed about it. I'm totally bummed. And, and I'm just one of those people. I cannot be a Giants fan. It's not going to happen, you know, so I'm done. So as far as baseball in my life goes and watching it on TV, it's, it's over. You know, I'm not going to pay extra for a package for a team that's in Las Vegas. So that's done. I got that out of my system. So anyway, welcome tonight. Our old friend Lynn Monet is here. She's always fun to talk to. And uh, she always has some great stories to share. And so it'll be interesting tonight to talk with her. Also, if you're interested in uh, investigating the paranormal, I've actually uh, got openings on my team. And I'm going to be training people. But the way I train people, we're very, we're not like other paranormal groups. We're a fun group, but we're not like other paranormal groups. So, you know, there's there's a bunch of training you have to go through. And that's uh, it's over at Meetup. You can sign up for that if, if you feel like you want to join a team. But you're going to have about a three-hour to four-hour training class that teaches you the equipment. It explains everything about the equipment. explains about our procedures, how we do things, and why we do them, and all that stuff. And then once you get through that, if it's if it's something you still feel like you want to do, then we'll take you on an investigation with us. And that way you can meet our team, and then the team members will evaluate from there. And then, you know, that's part of a trial period thing. And then we'll put you on the team, right? But it's just something that we're very meticulous in how we train people. And we're very meticulous because when you're going out to somebody's house, you are dealing with their mental state, okay? I mean, not everybody is into seeing ghosts and stuff, you know, maybe something like, like when I was on Lynn's show a week ago, we talked about that. And I talked about how, um, you know, the, the, there was this old woman that was seeing what she thought were ghosts in her house. And it turns out that she had had a, some kind of medication change and it was causing her to hallucinate. So that's what we look for. So we're very meticulous. You know, I have lawyers, I have, I have police officers on my staff. I, I have uh, mental health people on my staff. So, I mean, I've, I've got a really rounded staff and nurses and everything else in order to get down to the bottom of what's going on in people's houses. So it's not just go out, ha, 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 there's a ghost. It's go out and look for normal stuff that could be causing the issues. And then when we get through all that and we, we've looked through all that and we can't find an explanation, then we look towards the paranormal for stuff. So it's very meticulous. So if you're interested in joining our team, uh, Check out, uh, go, to, go to California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup page and sign up over there. Okay, and then we can get you to classes. All right. Huh. You can find California Haunts um, on Facebook, of course. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me over at uh, Instagram under Ghosty Gal. It's all lowercase. You can find me over on TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us on Cal Haunts on Twitter, and you can find us at Cal Haunts on Twitch. Huh. Okay. I'm out of breath now. I'm going to bring Lynn in. She can talk for a while. Here we go. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, everybody. And she's a big deal. So don't forget to subscribe. Give it a thumbs up. Have your mother get on her phone and give it a thumbs up. <laughs> and I would like to get ready here for the drum roll. Tonight, during the time of this show, anybody that makes a $20 or more donation to California Haunts gets a free book of your choice from Lynn Monet, an ebook of either Omnipresent, which is a story of, of uh, it's the first story of a five series. Um, the three, three of the books are written, the, the third one's in editing. The first one's about a haunted house that was so haunted that I was never able to move into it. 
The second one talks about what happened next, uh, mental illness and addiction and attachments and all of those funky things, um, orbs and things like that. The third one is 111 Beckadon Drive. And as I said, that one's in editing, but if you choose it and you don't mind waiting a little bit, you'll even be able to get it before it comes out as a book. So it's, it is kind of a big deal. Then there's Colors of Heaven, which is a story about death, dying and afterlife. Um, hoping to take the stigma off of death and dying. And then I've got the gap gap is getting a few adjustments to it. Cause I found a few errors in it after it was edited it's back into editing, but it's a great book. If you've got teenagers that talk about a lot of really, really important subjects like making good choices and friends and how to say no and uh, be able to save face and what to say if you're not comfortable with something. So an ebook, um, if you want to have a signed book by me, you'll need to purchase it through my website, www.lynnmonet.com. I do, I send them directly from myself and I will sign them for you and customize them. But tonight, $20 or more donations. How this will work is that Charlotte will notice that whoever's donated and then she will forward that information to me. And then when I send you your ebook of your choice of those of those four books that I have out in the fifth one, if you don't mind waiting a little bit, I will copy her in to the email when I send it to you. So she will see that it's been sent to you and verify that it's been sent to you. So $20 people dig deep in your pockets, count your change, your pennies, get in your funny jar so that um, we can help this lovely lady do this. And you know what? I wish that I lived in California because I would love to be on part of your team. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I didn't expect that. I appreciate it. No, no, I, I, it's my pleasure. I, I wanted, I've been wanting to do that. So, but yeah, definitely $20 or more people. Come on, you can do it. Uh, one of the, some of these books are $23 on Amazon. So you're getting yep. a deal and you don't have to pay shipping or anything. They come straight to your email and um, you can download it or, um, I'll send it in a file that you can open it. Um, and it. Like if you order it from Amazon, they only let you open it three times before it, it discharges because of um, not wanting people to share it out too much for obvious reasons. I, I'm not making a lot of money from Amazon anyway, so I don't, Amazon doesn't want to miss out on making their money. But um, yes, $20 or more, you can get a free book of your choice in ebook. So there awesome. we go. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I was thinking... When you were on my show, we were talking about the smelling thing. And I kind of yeah. touch in with my mom every once in a while on the other side. And she corrected me. She said, it's not that they can smell. Uh, Charlotte and I were talking about um, sage and using sage and how some people feel that it doesn't really matter what something smells like because they can't smell once they've crossed over. And I was under the understanding that they do. How it works is um, it's a memory thing. Like my mom, my mom comes through every once in a while. And there was one day she's crossed over. She had cancer. Um, and I asked her, I said, hey, mom, you know, gee, don't you ever miss the taste of potato salad that you used to make your barbecued ribs, your brownies? Mm -hmm. You know, she she was a really excellent cook. And she's like, well, we don't eat here. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, of course you don't. And she's like, but we do everything through thought. If we Think of somewhere that we want to go. We just think of it and we go. She said, mm -hmm. if there's a person thinking of us, 
we can be in six places at one time. So we go to them and we can still kind of remain. So you, you might have your, your brother see your mother's, you know, at the, at the breakfast table while your sister's driving and notices her in the car. They could be multiple places. She said, however, when it comes to eating, she said, all that we have to do is think of it. And the flavor and the sensation of eating it comes to us as if we are eating it. And I thought, you know, wow, wouldn't that be you know, a great awesome. thing here? You know, no calories. But with the smell, it's the same thing. When you were saying about going into a home with angry spirits to give them a flower, that is such a beautiful thing. And it's not a matter of whether they can smell it or not, because they do keep all of their senses. But the mm -hmm. smell and taste one is different because they don't have like an olfactory nerves and they don't have a tongue for, <laughs> for taste, but of course they can see and hear, but um, they can remember what a rose smells like. So when they go to smell the rose, they can smell the rose through their memory, if that wow. makes sense. Yeah, that this makes sense. You know, I was thinking when you were talking about the taste thing, that movie Hook with Robin Williams. Remember oh, I never they, saw uh, it. Yeah, they were imagining when he was with the Lost Boys because there was no food in the bowls. So they uh -huh. would imagine the food and it was all like looking like ice cream flavors and stuff. But that's how <laughs> they would eat. They, they, they would imagine this food. But I can understand that because I think the whole premise behind giving the rose, you know, my understanding from Sabrina was that, yeah, the, 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 that's, a, that's a trigger for them to calm them down because it's something they enjoyed, you know, enjoyed in their life. So that's it how is. they felt, like you say. And it's fascinating. It's a kind, loving gesture also. And love always outweighs the other things you can soften up, even an angry spirit, you know, either, either one of two things will happen. You'll repel them and they'll go away and bother somebody else, or it will shift their energy and they will soften um, that way. And as, as Charlotte and I've talked about too, it's a matter of going in with respect, remembering that you're in their home and their territory, um, and how would you want to be treated and how would you react if some stranger comes walking into your house and is asking you to touch Blinky over and over and, you know, and um, treating you like you're ignorant, even though, you know, some people that have crossed over have very, very high educations. They just chose not to cross over for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So it's all important. But and that, anyway. you know, that point you just made is really good, too, because, I mean, like there's some hotels up here in the gold country. And I mean, back east. You guys back east have it better because it's older. You have to, for further you get over to Salem and all that, all that stuff's old. Over here, it's 1800s. You know, it's, a, uh -huh. it's not, I mean, to us it's old, but, you know, for everybody else it isn't. But there's a lot of cases in older hotels when, when people buy them and they decide to paint or put wallpaper on the walls. They'll leave for a while, go have lunch, come back, and all the wallpaper's torn off. Yes. Yes, um, because they they remember it the way that it was in any kind mm -hmm. of renovations or anything that started for change. Sometimes if they're sleeping in the walls or something, even which happens, mm -hmm. it, it awakens them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and even if they if you, if you tear a house down and build a new one over the top of it, if that if that ground is haunted because it's about the ground that it's built on more right. so than the, the, the home that you live in. Um, it's it, that new house is going to be haunted with the same, you know, with the same ghost. So, um, and, and to them, even though you've torn the house down and you've built this new house over the top, they're still seeing it the way that it was mm -hmm. when they're alive. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and you're, and you're invading their space. And that's another good point you brought up. I've been out with psychics on my team 
And when we talk about the house as it was when they were alive, some psychics can actually walk through a house and see it like it was. And I have, I have some funny footage. It's not funny to them, but it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, people walking through old buildings and they walk right into a wall <laughs> because there was a door there. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. funny to them, but hell, you let, you laugh like crazy because you know that's what happened. You know because that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very very true. I mean, I've even seen seen spirits that that um, I was in a house one time, and it was it was a house that had been built over an area that were there was farmland or something, and there was this one ghost that would or 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 whatever essence of that person was left would go over. It looked like with a bucket almost to one of those pump water spigots and she would go over and she would pump the water and then carry it off, you know, and here we are standing in these people's living room and this, and then, I mean, she walks right through the wall to go on about right. whatever it is that she's doing. She's not right. interested in lingering in the house. She's just going about her daily activities, like yeah. the routine that she did before. So, yeah. yeah, there's a word for that when people can go in and see they can see how it was before like if they go into an area they can right. they can they can see the wagons and the horses and hear the bustling of of people walking and chattering the way that it used to be i can't think of what the word is for that though right, there right, is right. yeah yeah there's, yeah there's a word for that also with evps i mean i've been in buildings uh, there was a house out here in roseville that's a very populated area an mm-hmm. extremely populated area but apparently where we were, we were close to a stage shot, the stage, stage stop. So as we did the EVP sessions, you could actually hear the uh, horses go by on the EVP and you, you hear the uh, jingling from the, from the gear, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool when you run into that stuff. That's what makes fertile investigating so interesting because you don't know what you're going to run into. It does. It does. You know, and the funny thing is that sometimes people ask me, they say, do you investigate? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Uh, and maybe I should, but I don't because, um, I mean, I see them all the time anyway. So, and, and a lot of times they find me because mm-hmm. of the light bright. And I'm sure you have the same thing. Mm-hmm. I know that you mentioned that one, a famous um, actress in that one place that you yeah. went to that actually, um, befriended you i mean she yeah, asked name, you yeah. by name yeah, yeah she yeah. she remembered you out of hundreds and thousands of people that come through they're doing investigations yeah she remembered you and knew enough to ask your friend where you were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's a fascinating field to get into but it's also frustrating as well because for those of us that believe and have seen trying to you know bring that out forth with without somebody else who doesn't believe you know and i don't do, and i don't have any bunkers on my team i mean that's all it's all part of that because we have to we have to do an even investigation but sometimes you get people that just don't want to believe no matter what and that's that's what makes it frustrating it does and that's a really good point that you made charlotte about the believing i actually um I had a pendulums. I had um, I, Christmas time. I was giving friends out these beautiful Peridot pendulums um, um, that I was giving them for their, their Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a couple of extra ones. And this one girl came by that saw me working with one. And, um, you know, I asked her, I said, do you want to know, you know, how many children you're going to have? And she said, yeah, well, she had one child already. It was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, do you want to know if you're going to have any more and what the next 
what the next sequence of children are going to be. And she's like, well, I don't know. This is kind of weird. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And you know what? When I put that pendulum over her left wrist and asked, it just quivered. It wouldn't move. Wow. It wouldn't go into a circle. It wouldn't go back and forth. Nothing. And this other girl who was using the pendulum came forward and said, well, it's because you don't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, you b- because they negate the energy, they cut it off. So it can't connect with that spiritual realm, either because they're afraid of it or because they've been taught that it doesn't exist through mm-hmm. Uh, the way that they're reared or traditional religion and things like that. But um, I'm a believer. So I know what I know and I know what I see and I don't care who debunks it. I know what I see. So. Well, I admit, you know, as a kid, I, I, I was sensitive, really sensitive as a kid. I would see stuff all the time in my house and my family, you know, you have a huge imagination and all this. My mother was sensitive too, but didn't admit it until she was in her seventies. But then as I got older, and that happens to a lot of people, you know, if you don't have guidance with with your abilities, it gets suppressed. And so mm-hmm. when I got older and, went, and ended up going to college and stuff, it, it, it got suppressed. Now, as a journalist, and I started to go out and I started filming my first TV show, you know, California Haunts, as when I caught around the other psychics on the team, then the weird crap started happening around <laughs> me. And I couldn't figure it out. I, yeah, I was just, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I went from a believer to a non-believer back to a full pledged believer. I mean, my house, you know, it's active as old, as old get-go. Mine too, and, yeah. uh, and with you, and, and I know your story, you know, going back to omnipresent, you know, in, the, in that first book, I mean, that house was scary. Yes, it had a hell dog in it. Yes, yeah. for sure. And one other lower level demon, and then the young man that hung him in the house. And I had never been exposed to, well, no, I take that back. <laughs> when... The house that I was growing up in was haunted and mm-hmm. my sister got a Ouija board for Christmas. Oh boy. Those Ouija boards. Oh. And of course, you know, the thing about Ouija boards is um, I personally don't use them. I would prefer to torch all of them in the toy store. And the reason being is this, there are some people that use Ouija boards that know what they're doing. They understand that portals are opened and that things can come through and they they're responsible and they close those portals and the Ouija boards work for them have at it. I'm, I'm, I, it's still not my thing, but to give it to a child, I mean, you have to have a driver's license at age 16 to be able to drive and you have to be 21 to purchase alcohol or anything else, but you can be seven and eight years old to open a portal and let demons in. So, you know, it's like, and they don't even realize that they're doing it. They don't realize that once that portal's open into the dimensions that anything can come through and you if you walk off and leave it open it stays open until somebody closes it and most of the time they never get closed right 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 so i mean i don't know if i mentioned this on your show when i was there did an investigation of this family that was really going through a lot you know a lot and one of the questions we ask on our questionnaire is have you been doing tarot have you been doing this have you been doing that no 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 we haven't done any of that trish who's one of of our lead uh, psychics She's nosy like me, so she goes opening up closets, you know, because we're checking everything. Well, and you're sure supposed enough, to, yeah. And sure enough, because they had hit it the, the, the day we did the prelim. The night of the investigation, she opens up a closet. Guess guess what's on the top shelf? Um, yeah. Yeah, and at, that, at that point, we're like, hey, you know what? You should have told us you were using this thing. You know? Yeah. 
because you because you just don't know what you're you know like 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 Liz says, once that door is open, boom, everything comes through, not just the nice stuff. That's right. And you don't know if what spelling letters for you. I remember when I was young, when I was young, uh, when my my two oldest were were real real little. Actually, my second one wasn't even born yet, and I decided to start trying automatic writing. Ah. Uh, well, I quit doing that too because I didn't know again the opening of the portal and the closing of the portal. And I remember distinctly being upstairs in my master bathroom taking a shower, and we one of the walls was totally mirrored. So I'm in this glass shower, and I can see in the mirror, and I can see standing in the doorway this redheaded guy with a with a striped shirt on, big bold striped shirt, and a pair of jeans that was a ghost. And I'm like. Here I am naked in the shower. And personally, if I'm going to have somebody join me in the bathroom, I, I want to be able to invite them. And he wasn't invited. So, you know, it just, um, yeah, I realized that it opened it up. And I was then starting to notice more activity in the house. And at one point I was rocking my daughter and putting her, you know, down to sleep after story time. And she looks over my shoulder and I could feel this darker presence like landed on the back of the chair near my shoulder and she says mama she says there's a kookaburra bird on your and if you've ever seen a kookaburra bird they're very kind of strange looking and but it was something creepy but it was in her words in her child you know her her baby words that's the only thing that she could think of that was something ugly that you know was bird-like that had kind of come in there so i stopped doing automatic writing that's for sure you know well, i've always had a standing rule in my house since i started investigating i was never going to do evp sessions here because i because I, I know what the ghosts are i got one ghost that died before the house was even built he had fallen he was mm -hmm. a fisherman and he fell and he bled to death so he doesn't even know he's dead yeah so he's, so he's kind of gone insane and i remember when i first started investigating the paranormal when I would walk by my dining room, I could see him out of the corner of my eye lunging for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, since then, I made it a point, since my mother's been gone, I haven't had that problem. But since then, I made it a point not to do any kind of paranormal work here. But yes. one day, for whatever possessed me, I decided to do some ITC with water. And I, and he came through. And it scared the hell out of me because he was he's disfigured. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it just, he just looked really, really scary and ominous. And this is like mm -hmm. about two years ago, right? So uh, I've been investigating for a long time. I'll never do it again. But you know, that, that was my thing. I let my guard slip and thought, okay, I'm just going to see what's going on in the house and see what we pick up. You know, and it was him. Wow. But, yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that kind of thing you got to be careful to do, you know, that's why I don't do stuff here. Just like I always get that, the question, do you watch the TV shows? No, I don't need it. I get enough of that stuff. You could you could make the you could make the TV shows. I could make the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that I agree with you on that, and that's very important. Your home has to be your haven, and when you are an empath, there's constantly stuff walking through. You know, animals, people walking through, but they don't linger. They just right. walk through because they're on they're on their way to wherever it is that they're going. But um, I remember that my son had come over. He had been. He had moved into an apartment building and normally we go in and we we clear it and purify, you know, purify it and seal off everything. Because when you live in like townhouses or any buildings that are connected side by side, you know, if there's a haunting problem in another apartment, those ghosts can go from 
end to end of the the building and through yours and when you come in to clear it they're like haha i'll just mm -hmm. go next door until you're done mm -hmm. so <clears throat> there are ways that have to to seal it and i had not <clears throat> i don't remember i was on vacation or something when he was moving so i hadn't had a time a chance to go in with him and he picked up an attachment from the people that had previously lived there <clears throat> and uh he comes over and he says man, you know, my back's been hurting me and I've been so tired and I'm looking and I can see this thing. And I'm like, don't move your head. And I took my fist and I punched and the thing came up, but then I ended up having to chase it around my house for two weeks before I could get it out. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, if you come to my house, don't come to my house with something like that on you. We'll go to a park, the grocery store. I'll come to your place you know, but don't come here. I said, cause I don't want to have to chase it around, you know, for, for two weeks trying to get it out of my house. So, but yeah. Wow. Wow. Do you think, um, you know, with that house that you had, do you think that that brought your uh, abilities out even more so? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I had ability like you, I had abilities as a child. I'm 60. I just turned 60 in May on the 17th. So I was born in 1963. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, you didn't talk about stuff like that because everything was about the Joneses. You know, you had to keep up with the Joneses. <clears throat> and literally, if you did, you would have men at white, win white coats at your door. No joke. You know, <clears throat> they did. They came and hauled you away and you get a lobotomy and you, you'd spend the rest of your life drooling on yourself. So you didn't talk about that kind of stuff. And my father was actually the sensitive. My mother had feelings about things, but my father was the one that actually saw things and stuff like that. So we get the gift from my father and all of my siblings had it. We, we lived three short blocks behind a hospital. So we would constantly see page, people in patient gowns and Indians walking through. But because of traditional religion, um, my mother raised me Presbyterian until 10 years old. And then she took a job with the Jehovah's Witnesses, which is a book in itself, but we won't go there. Um, and they terrorized me about my gifts, telling me that there was something wrong with me, that everything I was seeing was demons, even if it was something comforting, like my great grandmother or my, my dog that had passed away or, you know, uh, my brother's friend, which he and I had both seen together in my parents' bedroom um, at the same time. Uh, his friend had passed through his entire family perished this one day. And he showed up in my, the whole family showed up in my parents' bedroom. So I denied it. And I mean, I did, I did such a good job at denying it that even though I would still see things, I would run out of the room as fast as anybody else thinking that it was a demon. Mm -hmm. So to bring it forward and to answer your question, when I purchased that house that I was never able to move into, I was able to connect with people of like mind mm -hmm. and people that were actually seeing the demons and the ghosts in my house at the same time I was. So it validated me because I remember at one point the hell dog presented at the top that the, the house was a split level house. So there was a foyer with ascending and descending stairs and we were all up on the upper level. And this lady who did Indian um, things had come you know, it was a final ditch effort to get the things out. And she brought a friend with her and the hell dog presented at the top of the stairs. And the, the guy was standing next to me. He goes, whoa. And I'm like, can you see that? And he said, yes, I can. And I'm looking at it 
And then the lady says, you said that, you know, you said that it had big feet. She says, and it does. And I said to her, just out of nervousness, I said, why is it so ugly? And she says, well, it's not ugly where it comes from. She said, but the thing was, is then she would communicate with this thing. You would, there was a sound that would, that would emit in the house whenever the demons were around. And it sounded like a, di a didgeridoo, that, that wah, wah, wow. that staticky vibrate. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool like, sound. like that. And, and so I would hear her say something in words to like, ask it why it was there. Then I would hear it that. But it was more um, submortal. What is the word I'm looking for? It, it sounded like a didgeridoo, but it, it had a, a low kind of really deep vibration to it. And I would hear it communicate back to her with that. Then she would ask it something else and it would do it again. And I mean, this went on like five times. Hmm. And, um, and so she was looking at it. He was looking at it. And I'm looking at it. So all three of us are seeing the same exact thing. So, um, yeah, you know, connecting with people of like mind, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I could have gotten those things out of that house, mm -hmm. but I didn't know. And I was still in that stage of, of denial, you know, type thing where I, you know, I was done. I figured I had started to learn about universal law at that point in time. And people would say, oh, well, all you have to do is tell it to get out. Well, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. That's not true. You know what I'm saying? You can tell it to get out till the cows come home. It's not leaving until it's good and ready. Uh -huh. So, you know, that, so that also is not true, uh -huh. but um, yes, I did. I, um, and with that, then everything kind of exploded. And the more, like you said, like the more I connect with different people, the more I, I blossom for uh -huh. that matter, you know? And I pay also, it's like, talking to you even about some things it's like hey that happens to me too you know and i'm like oh so you know it is it isn't um you know a spiritual thing or a empathic thing because she has it too and i didn't know how to describe it so it's that aha moment uh -huh, uh -huh. you know where it validates it so yeah definitely and my mother my mother i know because because of my grandmother's background being a culandera, so I know my grandmother had mm -hmm. the abilities because she. Anytime you talk about ghosts, she'd be like, "Here, here, here." But my yeah. mother, my mother was a denier for years. As she got older, like into her sixties and seventies, mm -hmm. and I think she got around me because I was ghost hunting. And again, it starts to bring it out. I remember pulling up. Uh, there was this uh, restaurant up in Placerville, in up in Diamond Springs, and there were reports of you know downstairs people could hear children running around upstairs. Nobody lived upstairs. Pull into the parking lot and my mom goes, oh, are they, look at the children. They're up there playing. And that was the first indication that she was doing this. And then it, it gradually built from there to one investigation we did up in Roanoke Park where these ladies claimed that this thing was coming through a mirror, but it was from the park across the street. They thought it was a demon. Mm -hmm. And so we're busy looking for it. And my mother gets frustrated with us. And she's with us. And at this point, she was around like 82. And she goes, it's there. Don't you see it? It's running up and down the stairs. It has a tail. Wow. Said, a tail? And she goes, yes. Oh, boy. You know, but I mean, she saw it and we didn't. Well, I so remember this. Yes, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I remember the story that you were telling on, on my show about your mom talking about them, putting them in the river. Oh, and yeah. You, and you had just gone on an investigation. Go ahead and tell that story. That's a cool story. We went to the ride hotel to do it. I think it was an investigation with the newspaper, uh, you know, for a Halloween issue. And we had done this investigation. A lot, a lot happened during this thing. 
So we get done, we pack up, we go home. And my, my sister was here taking care of my mother. So when I got home, my mother was asleep. My my, my sister, you know, went, went back to her place. And about three or four hours later, my mother wakes up yelling. And I come down the hallway and I says, what is it? What is it? She says, they're throwing, they're throwing the bodies in the river. They're throwing the bodies in the river. And as things turned out, and the way the stories for the Ryan Hotel was, that was a speakeasy back during Prohibition. And, the, and there were mobsters there. And from what, after doing a bunch of research, we found out that they would actually, or, you know, the legend was that they would take these people that didn't cooperate and uh, kill them and throw them in the river. So my mom was seeing all that. Wow. That's amazing. You know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, you had mentioned, too, about your mom kind of uh, basically coming clean as she you know, got around you and you were, she was getting more comfortable with, you know, expressing her. My father, after he heard my story about the haunted house came forward to me. And he said, since you've, you know, mentioned about your, you know, your house, he says, I've got something to share with you that I've never told anybody. And I never would tell anybody because I wouldn't think that they'd believe me, but I know you would. And he actually had a near-death experience that he wow. talked about that was beautiful. And um, I, I can share that with you if you want. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. He, um, my father, um, he was in his 70s. He went to the doctor to have his yearly physical done. And they look in your eyes, ears, nose, and mouth with the little flashlight thingy. And they looked into his eyes and noticed that on one side he had this bulging vein in his eye. Uh-huh. And that that indicates that there is a, a blockage or something kind of blocking a vessel um, somewhere, you know, in, in the system. Um, and it's pretty serious. So they went ahead and they immediately sent him to the hospital <clears throat> because whatever this was, was occluding the vessel enough that it was bulging. And it was, oh, I mean, it could have ruptured in his eye. So he went over and sure enough, he's got this large clot that is traveling quickly towards his head that if he had not gone to the hospital, he would have had a massive stroke within seven, seven to 24 hours that probably would have killed him. So because it was so large, they were not able to uh, shrink it by through medication and things like that. Um, so they had to surgically go in and they had a big incision on his neck. They had to surgically go in and filter it out and then close everything up. So he made it to the surgery fine, but he was in the recovery room and he's laying there and um, he remembers waking up and the nurse is there putting um, some pain medication into his, his, his IV line. And he said, he said that this overwhelming voice came over him and said, no, don't take that. So he verbalized it. He says, no, I don't want that. And she says, what? It's morphine. You don't want your pain medicine? And he said, no. Well, it was too late. She'd already pushed it through. He yeah. said that the whole room went went dark, that he felt himself floating out of his body. He actually stopped at the ceiling and kind of turned over and he could see the doctors coming in with the crash carts and all of the things coming in to, to uh, try, you know, to resuscitate him. He said then that he continued to float upward in almost like this tunnel of just warmth and glistening gold stars, like a thousand times more than there are in the sky, just glistening around him. He said that he was aware of other people that were kind of floating off in the distance as well. And he said that at that time, in that moment, my mom has verified this too, that he was able to be six places simultaneously. So he was with me and my brother and my sister, 
um, his, his, uh, at, at the time he, my father had six children. My sister Robin had already been murdered and passed over. He did get to see her briefly, but, um, so he was with all five of his remaining children and his new wife from Russia. And he even described, I was in a different state. He even described to me a shirt that I was wearing. And you know, that day I sensed him for some reason, it kind of a thought went through my head, but he told me what my shirt looked like that I had on because he was standing next to me. And he wow. said that he knew in that moment that all of his children would be okay if he crossed. He had the choice to cross or not. And sometimes they do that. You do have multiple times throughout your lifetime that you have the opportunity to leave if you want to. However, suicide is not one of them. Oh. Um, you know, it, these are you, you, these are openings that, that you, you've agreed on before you've come here. But anyway, so he then looked at his wife. He had only been married to her for six months. She didn't know how to drive. She didn't know how to balance a checkbook. So he decided to come back in because he realized that there were some things with her that he needed to finish. And um, so he said in that moment, um, he did get to briefly see my sister Robin. He didn't get to speak to her and communicate with her because mm -hmm. she was communicating through telepathy and he couldn't quite connect in with that at that point because it wasn't his time to completely cross over. And so he felt himself coming back in and going into his body. And he said all of a sudden he could feel the weight and the pain from his surgery and that sort of thing. And he ended up living another 20 years. So he passed away in his 90s and he had everything. As soon as he came back, he had everything in order. And the thing is, too, is that my father was a very intelligent man. He was a math professor. He had had a degree in chemistry. He didn't like having to stay after school to clean the bottle. So he went, so he was a mathematician. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he was an alcoholic and he was a nasty, mean drunk. He was physically violent. So when he had this experience, he had to go through part of his life review. And after he saw those parts of his life review, he came back a very humble man. He immediately stopped drinking. He immediately, he went, he came to me even and apologized. He said, I know that I wasn't the perfect father, but I did the best that I could. And I'm sorry, you know, I, I do love you type thing. So he apologized to, to my mother, who was his ex-wife and to all of these people that he had hurt and offended. And he lived out his last 20 years as this very sweet, dear man you know, and from this tyrant. So it shifted his energy. It made him come back different and have more of a wholesome, more loving um, life. But yeah. That's awesome. He told me that. Yeah. But he wouldn't have shared that with me if I hadn't told him my story. Right. So, and that's what he told me. So, yeah. So I, that's when I found out that he was the one with the gifts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know my dad had a story about uh, when he had pneumonia really bad in the ICU where my dad was in World War II in the Coast Guard. And of course, there were those, you know, the military dogs and all this. And there was this one particular dog that was named Laddie that he followed in the Coast that, that, you know, that, that he loved. And mm -hmm. after the war, he was able to arrange for the dog to come live with the family. And oh. so that, that was his, his dog. So he, he, co he coded in the ICU. And he said when he woke up, or he thought he woke up, the dog was standing at, at the end of his bed. And so he walked over to the dog and was playing with the dog a little bit. Then they, then they started to walk you know, off. And the dog stopped and said, well, it's not your time yet. He heard a voice. 
And so the next thing he remembers is he remembers lying in his bed, seeing the dog turn and walk away. And then he wakes up and, you know, of course, they're, they're, they're resuscitating him and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, those stories are something. Because my dad would never admit that he had any kind of abilities or anything. But he did have things happen. He did believe in it after that, you know, after that fact. Now, you've worked in hospitals, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I've actually spent, um, I've been a nurse for 38 years. Wow. <laughs> 38 years. 17 of that has been in end-of-life care. So I've seen a lot of people cross over, a lot of people, the, the similarities that are there. Um, a lot of times, you know, they start seeing loved ones even as much as a year before their time comes to cross. But I've seen some very beautiful things that um, I, when my time comes to cross, um, I had a late life baby at 46. So I still have a 14 year old at home. My two and my book are, are grown, but I want to finish my job with her. But if my time comes after that, I'm ready to go because I've seen where they're going. And I, you know, it's, and it's not that I'm depressed or suicidal or something mm -hmm. like that. It's just, you know, this planet is dreadful. I mean, it's a very, very hard planet to live on. And we're actually seen as heroes when we cross over on the other side, because this is an education for us here on this earth. Whether you've come over as a reincarnate or an incarnate, it's hard here. So, um, yeah, I, I, anyway, um, I forgot what I was saying. I was talking about, um, <laughs> seeing a lot of beautiful, a lot of cases of yes. people crossing over beautifully. Yes. And I've seen, I've seen, you know, people that are galactically inclined, it's all connected because I've seen when my mother crossed over, I saw her leave her body. I saw them gather around her beautifully like a like a like a like a football huddle and then when they opened up she was standing in the middle like they were trying to stabilize her spiritual feet and sometimes mm -hmm. they do that sometimes they just go straight away through the ceiling sometimes they are gone a day or two before the body finishes what it needs to do and then maybe they're standing next to you or they've already crossed over sometimes they choose to stay in until the last minute like my mother did and um but the thing was is when the beautiful beings that had come in for her and, and, and she was the feeling that comes from the other side, there are no words that can describe it. There's not a feeling that can touch it. It's just, it's like the most satisfying thing that you have missed and didn't realize that you were missing it because we don't have it here. So, um, you know, she had people that were approaching her, that like my grandmother and cousins, people that I recognized as well as people that I didn't recognize, but she oh. did. And there were these other beings besides the angels and all of these beautiful people that were there. There were these magnificent, very, very tall beings that's, that's heads almost not only touched the ceilings, but kind of went through. And, you know, you think about, you think about, how many stars there are out there there and that there are there are solar systems around some of those stars that are sunshines similar to what we have here it would be it would be um i don't want to say unintelligent but it would be kind of ignorant to think that we are the only ones with as many stars out there and when those beings finish their life cycles and their planets they have to go somewhere too so these beings, they were, they were beautiful. They were just luminous and beautiful. Um, they looked to be at the level of angels, but they didn't have wings. Uh -huh. And, but they looked like they were from somewhere else. 
because they weren't from they weren't from Earth. They were from somewhere else. Um, so I'm like like somewhere galactic, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's why I'm saying that it's that it's all connected. Do you, do you have a memory, you know, from working at the hospital and you know, the, the life thing? Are there any? Is there anything that stands out in your mind of, of seeing someone cross over? Oh wow! Let's see. Oh, I um, um. Did I tell the story about Abigail the last time I was on? I know I told the story about Edna the blind lady. Yeah, I don't think so, Abigail. I don't think so. Okay, Abigail. Abigail. Oh, I loved Abigail. She's such a sweet lady. Abigail and her husband came to the facility that I was working at because her husband's health was failing. And the place that I was working had three levels of care, skilled, assisted living, and um, independent. And they were moving into the independent so that the nurses could come and help him. But um, Abigail ended up slipping and fracturing her hip. And she ended up on my unit um, recovering from that. And um, I remember coming in one day and, and Abigail's upset. And I'm like, you know, what, what's the matter? She says, Lynn, do you, do you think that I'm crazy? And of course, we, I had a report with her, so I'm teasing her. I'm like, defying crazy, because I was teasing her a little bit. I, and she says, no, 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 I mean, like crazy, crazy. And I'm like, well, no, you know, of course not. You know, why, why would you even say something like that? And she says, well, I see my parents, she said, and I know that my parents have died many, many years ago. She said, but I see my parents and it makes me happy. She said, but now they're going to start me on medication for hallucinations. Uh And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stop seeing my parents. And so I told her, I said, well, you know, in in report, um, I heard that you're going to be discharged home tomorrow morning for one. I said, and as your advocate, you can refuse. You don't have to take the medicine. You know, I said, it's up to you. If you're of sound mind, you and you are, you know, or if you're your healthcare power of attorneys on, on, you know, on the same level with you, then you don't have to take the medicine you can refuse. Mm-hmm. So she was happy with that. And she ended up going home. There's a little bit of a story to this. Sure. So um, six months later, she's back on my unit. Her health is declining. And now in addition to seeing her parents, she's seeing this woman with this little girl. Mm-hmm. And the it was it was so real to her that she would sneak cookies and cakes from the dining room to her room to give to the little girl. But of course, she'd put the dishes in her drawer and it would draw bugs. So we had to stop her from doing that. And instead, she had hard candy to, you know, um, she would get hard candy from her family to to give to the little the little girl. So there was one day in particular that I usually worked a night shift but I volunteered to work a day shift for a friend of mine that needed the day off. And I came in and all of the residents had come back from the dining room and they were back into their rooms and I'm getting ready. I'm going down the hallway with my treatment cart to do dressing changes and my treatments. And as I'm passing Abigail's room, I noticed that she's got this big picture window with an air conditioner, like the, the, um, the American hotels have for anybody that's outside of the country, they're underneath mm-hmm. the windows and a recliner sitting off to the side. And she was leaning forward with this yellow butterscotch wrapped candy. And I noticed that there's this woman and this little girl standing in front of her. And I thought to myself, Oh, you know how nice uh, Abigail's got some visitors today because mm-hmm. Abigail didn't have any children of her own. So, uh, and she was an only child. So she had like no relatives except for her husband. Everybody else had already passed. So, but then I stepped forward and I think, well, wait a minute. 
you know, I don't remember those people signing in at the desk. And you have to have a head count in the building just in case there's a fire or something so that they know how many souls to get out of the building. So I stepped back and I knocked on the door frame and she asked me to come in and I walked in and there's nothing there. But I can see the energetic waffling to the air, like just right over here from mm -hmm. me. So I knew that the, the, the spirits were still there. And um, she says to me, she says, um, I'd like you to meet my friend. She says, isn't the little girl beautiful? And I said, I said, yes, I said, she is. And she leans forward. She says, can you see them? I said, yes. And she said, don't tell anybody. They'll think you're crazy and put you on medicine. So here this woman was now on all of this medication for hallucinations, and she had the wherewithal to know not to tell anybody that she was still seeing them. But to speed up a little bit, about a month later, she was in an active decline. It was about like six weeks later, actually. She was in an active decline. And I came on shift, and they do this rallying thing where – there are certain times that their toes will be kind of flaccid and they have this glazed over look to their eyes where it's mm -hmm. like the lights are on, but nobody's home mm -hmm. because their spirits out of their body. They're testing, you know, back and forth. Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they don't. Um, and all of a sudden I go up and I stroke her hand in her arm and I say, Miss Abigail, I said, um, it's Lynn. I'm here to check your, your blood pressure. And immediately her eyes brighten up, her toes perk. And she says, I am so glad to see you you know, one more time, she said, tomorrow I'm going home with my parents. Well, I knew what this meant. I knew that she was, she knew, because a lot of times they know when they're passing. I know with my mother, she went around the building saying goodbye to everybody, even told one lady whose dog had passed away that she would care for the dog until the lady could cross over and, and retrieve it. So wow. this, this lady knew. And, um, and I said, I, I, kissed her cheek and I said I thank you so much for help you know letting me be part of your healthcare team and and I said to her I said um we will we will see each other again and she said we most certainly will and she and this still brings tears to my eyes she said and you're very much loved on the other side and you need to continue cont continue doing what um what you're doing and um and so I was actually off that night and and there were angels and things starting to come into her room the woman and the little girl were also in the room um but the very next night at around 10 10 30 i can feel her and she says i made it home lo and behold wow. i came in the next day and she had crossed over at around around 10 30 that night wow. and so you know and i mean it's just things like that um i've seen so many people cross some very beautiful crossing i've only seen one person that has literally fought death for 10 days. And I have to say, I didn't see any loved ones or angels or um, galactic people come in there for this guy. Cause usually they come in towards the head of the bed. They start huddling in. Sometimes they will be in a bleachered effect. You'll see movement like up in the corner, but they all, they, for some reason, they always come in towards the head of the bed. I don't know if it's this, the angle of the chakras or, or the energy input or whatever, but they do, you'll see them around the head of the bed. And, um, um, there was none of that with this man. And he literally, literally fought death for 10 days. I don't know what came in to get him or if he even actually crossed over, he finally had to leave because his body left. But um, that's the only time I have ever seen that happen is with nobody. No, nothing came to get him. I don't know what he did, but yeah, he, 
he that's it that's the only time that i've seen that you mentioned that and i'm just you know i was just going to ask you about death itself i mean the, the the people that were that you were taking care of in that unit were they were, were they okay with it were, were they afraid of it or was it just they knew it was going to happen you know most of them do know that it's going to happen there uh -huh. are some of them that do you know sometimes when people are presented with something like for instance liver cancer or something like that and they've been placed in the hospital and they're expecting to go home they're just in there for a biopsy and then things just parallel in the wrong direction and they end up passing in two weeks they never get out of the hospital they get jaundice and stuff like that you know most all of them have a piece about it by the time it gets closer and an acceptance and part of it is because they realize that they're not alone. They start to see the beautiful angels. You'll start to hear them talking about, you know, Uncle Joe in the room. And if you pay attention, they're not talking about people that most of the other people in the room that are in physical bodies don't know. They're talking about people that they also know. And, and once in a while, they might talk about, there was one that was talking about an Oriental lady in the corner and the family's like, why is he talking about an Oriental lady? Well, he knew what he, they didn't know her, but he knew who she was once he crossed over. So, but she was also, she had come in as one of the, the, the um, spirits to, to retrieve him. But they, you know, I've never seen a painful death. Mm -hmm. um, most all of them have been peaceful. Like I said, sometimes they leave early and just let the body finish. And there are other times that they stay until the last minute. My mother was a, a last minute stay in, and this was verified because, when people would come in the room, they'd say, hi, Phyllis, and she would respond by mouthing and having her eyebrows go up and down in response, and it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm in the room with her and I see my grandmother come in and stand at the side of her bed and stroke her arm and lean forward and say something, my mother could hear the telepathy at that point. So mm -hmm. she was responding by mouthing in her eyebrows whenever my grandmother would say whatever she was saying in her ear. And then of course, my my sister, my youngest sister who was murdered um, came in behind my grandmother and her perfume just filled the room. Um, and I, it was a very beautiful um, meeting. But I told my mom, I said, mom, you know, um, it's time to go. Grandma and Robin are here. That's the main thing you need to let them know that it's okay for them to go. You know that you're going to be okay i said i'm going to be okay we'll see each other again you know um but grandma and robin are here to help you cross over and she mouthed and did the eyebrow thing and she took her last breath in about 10 minutes so she was able to let go and go with them it was like oh okay and a lot of times you know people need these things um edna the lady that was blind too you know once her family realized that the father was actually there and i can tell that story if you want me to sure go ahead yeah okay. go ahead. yeah I, I think i told it on one of your other shows but there might be some listeners that haven't heard it before edna um had come to my unit she was blind completely blind had been blind for 10 years i didn't know her that well she'd been on my unit for maybe like just a couple of weeks but she was in an active decline and her son and daughter come to my nurse's station and they say, mom's talking to people in the room that aren't there. Well, I kind of expected that, you know, I mean, that she would be doing that because a lot of them mm -hmm. do do that. 
And so I'm like, well, you know, let me go down with you to her room and um, check on her and see if there's anything she needs. Maybe, maybe she, if she needs anything to make her more comfortable. And when we walked down together, um, Edna was sitting in her bed at a slant and she was reaching up into the air very, very gently, like somebody was handing her something very fragile. And she was being very careful to take it and not damage it. And I said to Edna, I said, Edna, who's here? And she said, George. Well, her daughter had to, I mean, her daughter turned as white as a sheet. I thought she was going to faint on the floor and she had to sit down. And she said, well, George is my father. She said, my father's been gone for X amount of years. And then Edna pipes up and she says, and he's glad that you're taking good care of Pixie. Pixie was Edna's poodle. When wow. George died, the son had to take Pixie the poodle because Edna couldn't care for the dog being blind. And Pixie was an older dog, but still very much alive, like 16 years old or something. So the son said, well, I still have Pixie, you know, and he told me then, you know, this, this story. And the thing is, too, is as they get closer, their, their filters face so they can hear the telepathy of the other side as well as hearing the human speaking on, you know, in, in the room. And um, he said to me, he said, well, do you think she's hallucinating? And I'm like, well, I couldn't say no. You know, your dad's here helping your mom, you know, cross over. So I said, do you think she's hallucinating? And he said, well, uh, I don't know. And I said, listen, I'm not trying to change your belief system. I, I don't know what, what you believe, but I've experienced this many, many times. And I do believe that the loved ones come in to collect them. I said, can I just try something with, you know, can I try something? And he said, okay. And I asked Edna, I said, Edna, can I ask George a question? And she nodded her head yes. And I said, George, what color is your son's shirt? And she said, yellow. He was wearing a yellow Ralph Lauren polo shirt. In that moment, he got it. He said, hi, dad. He realized that, that it would have been impossible for his mother to have known what color his shirt was and that the father must have been there. And that's the thing. So many people during that time of transitioning um, for, for um, loved ones where they have the filters effacing for the telepathy and they can still mm -hmm. hear the verbalizations in the room. People miss a very, very special time that they can communicate with those on the other side themselves through the person that is transitioning. So you can ask Uncle, uh, Uncle Joe what he did with the clock or buried the money or, you know, what, what he did. And they, if they are present in the room, they will be able to respond to her. If they're not present in the room, you can ask the spirit that's there to get them if they are able to. And they'll tell you, what, oh, well, they, we can't get him. You know, he's doing something. And, um, and not to overwhelm also the person transitioning. You need to ask, you know one question or two questions and, and kind of let it go at that. But a lot of times you can get answers to your questions. I mean, not only that, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say, I wish I could just tell so-and-so I love them one more time, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. type thing. This is your chance to do it and to get a response to know that they actually heard you. So, yeah, you know, it is a beautiful time, but everybody's so in to their sadness and grief. We don't die. We don't die. I mean, you can, I mean, ask Charlotte, you know, yep. she, she chases ghosts around all the time and then we don't die. We, we are, we are made of, of energy and water. I mean, we have a synapse in our heart that, that sparks under a microscope. 
so we are we are energy we're electric actually and we are water of all things the two really shouldn't mix but they do and um so you know our energy bodies have to go you know somewhere but um yeah you know people you know it's they they miss that time a lot of times because they're they're suffering and again we don't die you will see them again you will see your pets again you will see your loved ones again it's not the last time you know try to think of it like they're going on vacation um i actually never grieved my mother's loss because i saw where she was going and she was so happy how could i hold her here with my grief mm-hmm. you know it, to me i felt like i was be i would be selfish uh, my love for her i wanted her to continue through that you know and um and i've had a lot of other siblings i i have um a sister right now that's um not doing so well and i you know we have this belief and we understand so um you know i just want to be there to help her transition when her time comes absolutely but, but i but i'm happy for her that she's going to be at peace soon and not suffering anymore Absolutely. Let me ask you one last question. Now, working in a hospital like that and being sensitive, mm-hmm. did you see like like deceased family members all the time? You know, like walk in the halls or or maybe patients that had passed or things like that. <laughs> you know, it's not all of the time because sometimes when you're hyper focused on like I'm passing meds and I need to make sure that I've got the right pills and the right cup kind of thing. You know, sometimes you'll see little things passing in your peripheral vision, but you're able to ignore them. But mm-hmm. there are other times, you know, um, I had a lady that I think was an alien. I really do. She had these very, very big bulging eyes and she never had children, which is one of the things that I've noticed that sometimes they don't um, have children. But um, there was one, one day, it was, it was midnight and we were bored and it was snowing outside. So a few of us went outside and got snow. We were having a snowball fight in the hallway. And this lady called for her pain medicine and I got her pain medicine. I'm heading down the hallway and I feel this energy of this man like you were saying too on my show that you can tell if the energy's male or female. Right, right. I can feel the energy of this man rushing up on behind me so to the point that I stood there and I turned around quickly and I said, boo. I expected it to be one of the CNAs uh-huh. sneaking up on me with a snowball. And there was nothing there, but I could feel this this jittery energy behind me. So when I entered into her room, she was laying on her side and I had seen aliens in her room literally several times it wasn't this particular night though but i entered into her room and she said to me she says who's your friend i'm like um what friend she says the fellow behind you he's a busy fellow isn't he and then i felt the energy leave and she says oh he just went back out the door so sometimes you feel them some you know i don't recognize them as people's family members because i don't know who some of these people's family members are but they do but this was just somebody random so sometimes they do um and i i don't know how much um time we have left go ahead you're fine okay but we also had a lady that haunted after she passed away down at the other far end of the opposite hallway and thank goodness that wasn't my hallway because that lady was just awful she it was a, an older lady. She was what was considered at the day as a spinster kind of person. I think that there was some mental illness there, but she was very cruel. She, um, she grew up on a plantation back when there were still slaves. That's how 
old she was. So anybody that would come in the room that was not white, she would treat them very badly. She would spit on them. She would try to bite them or kick at them or criticize them. Or, or if like a, a girl came in that wasn't married that was pregnant, she'd try to kick at their stomach. I mean, she was terrible. So um, she finally, uh, oh, we had a CNA go in her room one night and the CNA was trying to get her covers straightened for her. And while she's in that room on her, this lady's dresser, she had five pictures in a row and all of them just shoved themselves onto the floor. Nobody was touching them. They just knocked to the floor. And there was another nurse that actually had gone to give this lady a shot and somehow the needle fell out of the emesis basin that she was in and poked her in the back of the leg. So this, I mean, this lady had dark, dark friends in her room. So when she passed away, and I have a picture of this too. Mm -hmm. When she passed away, the, we, her room, there were two rooms that shared a bathroom and they, they, they had a curtain for their privacy for each one. And the CNA comes down the hallway and she says, there's, there's the curtain in so-and-so's room is moving. And I'm like, oh, okay. So about four of us went down there and, and sure enough, it was moving. And I thought, well, did somebody turn the air conditioner on or open a window on the other side? So I go in to check and there's no window open. There's no AC on. So I open the curtain completely and we leave. Then they come back. The curtain's now closed itself. And it looks like when they're standing there, they come and get me. And it looks like somebody's taking their finger along the middle and running it across horizontally wow. across the curtain. So I think now that it's somebody playing a joke on the other side. So I grab the curtain again and I pull it open really fast, expecting somebody to be there and there was nobody there. But um, after she passed away, um, I was taking some pictures of nurses in the hallway with the med cart for some kind of an advertisement that they were doing. And in the background of one of them, cause I would take multiple, I always take like three or four pictures in a row because somebody's always got their eyes shut so i go click 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 and in the back of a couple of these pictures was this dark figure with her legs angled to the side the very back of that hallway and i think it was that lady because we ended up not even being able to put people back in that room because things would happen in that room to people that we would end up putting in there wow that is incredible absolutely incredible Lynn, this hour blew by. It always does. It's always fun to talk to you. <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And and when we go off, could I have a chance to talk to you in the green room just for a second? Absolutely. And, oh, and everybody, don't forget, subscribe, thumbs up, comment. The algorithms are important. And Charlotte is a big deal. She's very well respected in the community and in, in the paranormal community as well. Um Definitely $20 or $20 or more gets you a free ebook tonight during this time frame. If anybody is donating and that's even cheaper than what you're going to pay for some of them on Amazon. So um, please don't forget. She will reach out to me and let me know who those people are and we will get you a book. Absolutely. De definitely yeah. subscribe. Thumbs up. And the address for that, if you guys do want to do that, which is a great deal. Uh, like, like Lynn says, you donate $20, $20 to California or more. Or mm -hmm. more. And you get a book, okay? So that's a good deal. Yeah, so what it's you an want e to do? Yeah, and what you want to do if if, if you feel like you want to do that? Because Lynn, her, her first book is incredible. The house she was living in, or not living in, but what to move into. Oh my God, gave me nightmares. Gave me the willies. <laughs> 
You know, the first time I heard her on another show talking about it, I had nightmares. But you can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts or paypal.me forward slash California Haunts. Or you can do it at Venmo, which is just California Haunts. So, all right. Okay. And also document um, for Charlotte which book you want. Mm -hmm. So when she forwards it to me, then I can get you the ebook and forward it with her copied in. So there are two of us verifying that we are sending the book out to the correct person and that you are to, that you're receiving it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And thank you so much, Lynn. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my Absolutely. pleasure. It's always great to have. How can people find you? Oh, www.lynnmonet.com. Um, I also have my own podcast. Um, uh, it, it is Synchronicity, The Next Level Paranormal, which is not the 101 class. It's definitely advanced, just like Charlotte's is, too. We're not here to convince you that there's poltergeist and and Bigfoot and, you know, aliens. We already know that all of that stuff exists. So we kind of start there and go forward. Um, It's on Tuesday nights at um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, it's an hour off going in the other direction. I think it's at 6 6 or 5.30 in California that uh, that you came on was it 5 30 and that's pacific time um i'm also on journey through the gate on the last sunday of every month with cisco um and i've got a couple of shows coming up uh, my schedule can be found on my website as well i actually need to go on and update it um i've had some things going on and i have been a little bit lax on that but i will and also on my podcast you can see what's coming up for me next as well um i am taking appointments for, um, I'm going to start doing some readings and classes. So please reach out to me at omnipresent, O-M-N-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-T dot the T-H-E dot book, B-O-O-K at gmail.com. Fantastic. All right, Lynn, it's been fantastic. I'll see you in the green room. Okay. Okay. Have a good one. Bye everybody. It's always fun to have her on. She's a, she's great. We've, we've become friends. It's funny how that happens with this with this show and the people I've met. But there's there's only certain people that I've become friends with, and Lynn happens to be one of them. Okay, tomorrow, um, I want you know I'm, I'm taking you guys through my journey as as I go through this whole op- opioid epidemic with my back problems and stuff. And so I had a visit with the with the nurse practitioner yesterday. And so I, in fact, I told her yesterday that I was doing this. So it's it's all in the open. It's not like it's not like I'm going behind their back or anything. So tomorrow, Karen Clark and I will be here to talk about that and then to talk about what progress was made, if there was, and, and when, what's going on with that. And then we're going to talk about some other um, statistics and stuff that, that I, I have been doing research on. And, you know, I, I've been burying myself in research, and there's just so much out there. And I'm told, and like I said, all I'm trying to do is let the public know what, what's going on with it because you're getting one side of the news story, but you're not getting the other. You know, about what uh, – there's the CDC size – and then there's the Fed side, and then there's the patient side. And that's what I want to show is a nice balance, thing like that. So that'll be tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I want to thank Lynn once again for coming on. I really appreciate her coming. And uh, yeah, as usual, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Equal opportunity here. Also, like uh, Lynn said, if you haven't subscribed already to YouTube, please be sure to do that. We have lots and lots of shows over there for you to peruse. And the same thing with Facebook. If you like what you saw on Facebook, be sure to follow. Be sure to follow. And check out Lynn's show, too, while you're at it. Check out her show. Okay? So I'm going to call it a night. And I thank all of you for coming. And I really appreciate it. I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. 
have a, my button pushed here. Have a great time.